0: hello and welcome to women of influence podcast hi i'm Land with the j group the real estate team the great american speak off one of my favorites <laughs> Jalen here with another women of influence broadcast today I am so excited today to talk about gut health with Katie Lovett she is the functional gut health guru. welcome Katie. yeah thank you so much for having me I'm so excited to talk with you today. Yeah, me too. This is actually one of my favorite topics. I talk about it all the time with my husband and there's a lot of buzz going on about gut health and like healing your gut. So Katie, what is gut health anyway? Yeah, that's
1: a good question. Um, I think gut health is health is whole body health because your gut is literally connected to every single other thing in your body. And so if your gut's a hot mess, so is the rest of your body. But, you know, whenever, <laughs> whenever we're specifically thinking about gut, it's, you know, locally is your digestive tract, right? Like your mouth, your stomach, your intestines, and then all the organs that are accessory to that. So your gallbladder, your liver, your pancreas, um, you know, everything. And then, of course, your microbiome, which is actually makes up more of your DNA in your body than human DNA. So it's a huge player there. But then, you know, your gut affects everything in your body, 80% of your immune systems in your gut. It makes a ton of your um, serotonin and neurotransmitters. It impacts your hormones. So really gut health is whole body health too.
0: Thank you. And typically when do people start to run into gut health issues?
1: Yeah, I think that's a really great question. I get people all the time who have really struggled with it their whole lives and maybe they didn't even realize it wasn't normal until they got older and got married and were like, "Hey, this is this is different." Cuz we don't talk about it, you know, all the time. It's not exactly a dinnertime table conversation. Or um, there will be an event that kind of triggers symptoms and people will say, "I have never dealt with this and now all of a sudden X happened and it's a train wreck and I have no idea what to do. So that's almost worse because they had really good digestion and then all of a sudden it's not working anymore and they have no idea what to do about it.
0: Yeah. So what are some of the common symptoms where you're like, oh, I think I'm having problems. I better get this checked out.
1: Yeah, I think that the most common symptom that really overarches pretty much everyone is bloating. Yeah. And even if somebody comes to me, <laughs> you resonate with that. Even if someone comes and says, No, I don't really have bloating, once we start getting them feeling better, they'll come to me and say, Katie, I was so bloated and I didn't even realize it because it had just become so normal for me. And I'm feeling so much better now, but you know, bloating can happen if you're struggling with diarrhea or constipation or heartburn, like bloating is kind of the ever omnipresent symptom. Um, But then in there with that is, you know, food that's repeating on you indigestion, feeling like food is just sitting in your stomach. Um, You know, constipation, diarrhea are the, you know, common like, obvious ones, but then as I was saying, your gut health affects your whole body. So maybe you don't necessarily even have obvious digestive symptoms, but maybe you have a ton of brain fog or you're really achy throughout your body, or you're starting to struggle with autoimmune
0: conditions. That, those are all clues that something in your gut is not working right. So that's so interesting. I tell my husband all the time. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so bloated and uncomfortable. And I don't recall eating anything that would like trigger that. But oh, my gosh, I had this really good question in my head and I just lost it. So what I mean, I I, I talk to a lot of people and they think that they're eating healthy. But once you start to get into these gut health issues and problems, it's very difficult to reverse it unless you know exactly what to do. Like what, why is that?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think sometimes it's really obvious, you know, what the trigger is. It's very immediate. You know, this is more of like the diarrhea situation where it's like you eat and you have to run to the bathroom afterwards. But sometimes those symptoms are delayed up to three or even four or five days. So if you're trying to go back, okay, well, what did I do three days ago that could have possibly done this? Like it just gets really confusing because you don't know exactly what timeline you know time frame you're even looking at to try and figure this out and it's not just about the food either our bodies are all connected we're bodies minds and spirits and so maybe it wasn't that you ate something wrong the other day maybe it's even chew your ears well and that you were stressed out and rushing and that's what caused it you know so it it just there's a lot of factors involved and it can be tricky to figure it out.
0: Yeah, so it's not necessarily going to be like a one-size-fix-all sort of remedy yep. for everybody because yep. I like I see all of these cleanses on the internet, you know, like the lemon, cayenne, honey cleanse. I'm like, ooh, maybe I'll try that for a week. And it's like, what what would you recommend the first thing that somebody is, you know, suffering from some of these symptoms, what do you recommend that they do for like the very first thing they should start off doing? Yeah.
1: I will say this until I am like blue in the face. (laughs) The very first thing that you should do is chew your food, chew your food to, you know, applesauce consistency 25 to 35 times per bite. Nobody's doing that. Whenever you don't do that, it puts so much extra burden on your digestive tract. And of course you're going to feel like food's just sitting in your stomach, you know? And then on top of that, we're stressed out and rushing and distracted while we're eating, we're not allowing our body to get into that rest and digest mode. We're expecting it to be able to rest and digest while we're actually act also like going and doing, and that's not how our bodies were designed to work. And so really creating that space for our bodies to digest well and do well. So take some deep breaths, sit down, enjoy your meal, eat it slowly, savor each bite. Um, See how that goes you know and then other things to look at are how stressed are you are you being overly responsible for things that are outside of your control um are you holding on too tightly to things because that affects our digestion you know um are you sleeping really well? Are you getting restorative sleep? Um, you know, or are you staying up super late and getting up super early and, you know, wearing that busy badge that us Americans are all guilty of wearing a lot of the time? So I notice nowhere in those three things did I say to go on an elimination diet or do a cleanse or take a bunch of supplements.
0: <laughs> yeah, true. True. Well, I know I would say that the majority of the population, you know, obviously we don't start out with gut health issues. So what are some of the major culprits that maybe trigger some of these symptoms? Yeah.
1: So, you know, for people, there are people who do start out with these issues. I do work with kiddos and for people like that, you know, it has to do with how you were even born you know if you're born naturally or you know via cesarean section and and what kind of flora you were introduced to when you were born were you put on a lot of antibiotics were you breastfed as an infant or you know bottle fed like that's setting the stage for your microbiome from the beginning you know were you under trauma as a young child you know or a stressful childhood like that all affects you um and then moving forward more to that second group of people that i was talking about where they had fine digestion until x happened so x can look like i went to costa rica and i never felt the same sense and maybe you picked up a parasite uh, maybe you ate some, you know, expired turkey or undercooked turkey and got food poisoning that can throw everything off. Um, maybe you went through a really stress, stressful or traumatic event, you know, or, um, had increased stress at work. Um, you know, you did a course of antibiotics and, you know, it kind of messed everything up. Those are some of the things that, you know, can really happen once and then having a lasting effect on your GI tract. Abdominal surgery is another one. I've been talking with a few people who, I had a hysterectomy, I had to have a procedure, I had my gallbladder removed, and everything has, you know, come about since then.
0: Yeah, that's that's great information. It's like I've heard from a lot of people, including my husband, that antibiotics can really do a number on your system. Like my husband has been healthy his whole life, and he has such strong antibodies, he never gets sick. And then what? at one time... He took a pack. Coincidentally, it triggered him and he came down with type 1 diabetes. And it was like, oh, just kind of crazy that, you know, sometimes that's the effect that antibiotics can have on your body. Right.
1: They're life-saving. You know, they really are. They save lives every day, but they're not without cost or
0: consequence as well. Yeah. Unfortunately. So, Katie, what would you say as, as a standard? What are some really gut healthy foods for most people? Yeah, this one's tricky because
1: depending on what's going on, you know, the quote unquote gut healthy foods may actually trigger your symptoms, but that can actually give us clues as to what's going on. So, of course, vegetables and fiber sources are great for your gut because those are food for your good tummy bugs, as I tell my kids, we treat our good tummy bugs almost like little pets that we have to go feed every day, you know, but don't forget to feed your good tummy bugs breakfast or, you know, and that puts it into perspective for them. But, you know, if you're one of the people that you eat a, you know, plate of, you know, side of broccoli or, you know, you're eating veggies and fiber-rich foods and it's making your bloating worse or more painful that's a really big clue as to what might be going on. Um, So gut healthy foods aren't even the same for everyone. You know, if you're somebody who isn't struggling with digestive symptoms and you're just wanting to eat to promote gut health, it's really eating to promote your health. So everything we know to be good for our health is also good for our guts. So, you know, eating, you know, plentiful veggies, ideally organic, Right? Eating high quality meats in moderation. Um, you know, I think meats as more of a side dish instead of the main is a really great way to look at it. We need protein. We know we need protein. And, um, you know, especially as we get older to preserve that lean muscle mass. Um, but having a huge chunk of meat on your plate with like one carrot is not the right balance to promote gut health, right? So we want to do protein about you know the size of the palm of your hand is a great way to portion out protein for your meals. Um, with you know about half of your plate at least filled with veggies that are a rainbow of colors. You can do a rainbow challenge, and who in our family can eat the entire rainbow you know of veggies and you know plant foods? you know, the most days out of the week and do like a challenge together. Um, Water, you know, good hydration is really important for for gut health as well. Um, And I would also say good quality sleep and sunshine and, you know, all of those other health promoting things help promote gut health too.
0: Great, thank you. Now you were talking about how you tell your kids to be sure to feed their good gut buddies in their in their belly, and I'm like, I seem to recall you also saying something about don't feed your your sugar buddies. Yeah, your bad your bad tummy bugs.
1: There's yeah. like a constant war going on in your tummy between good tummy bugs and bad guys. So uh, people like to think about it like that. So um, you know, we have a really diverse you know, population in our large intestine and everything's intended to be at certain ratios and balances. And, you know, some guys eat fiber and they eat different kinds of fiber and then they produce nutrients for our bodies and they produce short chain fatty acids that help maintain your gut lining so that the right things get through and the wrong things that shouldn't get through stay and pass through as waste. And so it's really beautiful. And We do have things that are called opportunistic and they're not necessarily bad innately. They're supposed to be there, but they can become overgrown and too abundant. And that's when they become pro-inflammatory and can start causing damage um, or, you know, digestive issues um, whenever they overgrow. taking like an antibiotic can kind of help trigger that, especially if you're not eating a lot of fiber while you're sick or something like that, um, reaching for more of those comfort foods and those things overgrow, they cause issues and they actually can cause cravings for, you know, refined carbohydrates and sugars and all of that. So our gut and our brain are connected to each other and for every one signal that our brain sends down to our gut, our gut actually sends about six signals up to the brain. And those are neurotransmitters made by those microbiota. So if you have the guys that love sugar controlling the signals because they're overgrowing and they're overpopulated, you're going to get, you know, send more sugar signals to the brain. If you have the really good guys that, you know, should be overgrown and sending all the signals, they're
0: going to be sending more like,
1: hey, we need some more broccoli down here signals.
0: <laughs> oh, that's funny. I can't imagine my, my body ever telling me, hey, I need more broccoli. <laughs> I do love broccoli. So what are, what are some things that you recommend that people truly should never, ever, ever put into their bodies, into their mouth?
1: Yeah, I think that you know, I don't like to say should never, ever, ever to anything because that is not my place to say what people should or shouldn't do. I really encourage people to clearly define what their goals are and what they're wanting to accomplish and they set their boundaries from there. You know, um, I do think, you know, packaged foods with, you know, partially hydrogenated oils and super refined ingredients and you know, tons of sugar are not good in any way. And they honestly taste kind of awful too. You know, I think once you, once you stop eating them and have really good quality food for a while, you know, I think that would be something that I'm just like, oh, that's so painful to watch somebody eat. But if it's a tradition that they've done with their family to, you know, do this on this holiday, like, and it's super meaningful to them, That's, you know, that's them, you know, but we're going to make sure
0: that we're balancing that out, you know, the majority of the time too. Got it. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. So myself, I'm a woman in my 50s and a lot of women my age are concerned with their gut health in relationship to like all the hormonal changes that we're going through. Is there like one thing or a couple of things that you could recommend to the older ladies who are in this stage of their life to maybe help? regulate their hormonal gut health?
1: Yeah, that's a really great question. So your your microbiome actually helps your, enti- your microbiome, your liver, like your digestive tract, you actually recycle part of your estrogen um, and, you know, recycle it through your body. So you produce new estrogen, but then you also recycle it um, and reuse part of it and then eliminate, you know, what you don't need through waste. Um, so if those functions are off, and you're recycling too much or not enough estrogen, that can cause you to have too much or not enough estrogen in your whole body. And all of the sex hormones are balanced with each other, right? So if your estrogen's too high, that's gonna cause other things to be too low. If estrogen's too low, that can cause other things to be too high. So just doing those things that we've talked about of really working to create a balanced gut is, is really critical. And if you're somebody who is doing all of those things and still struggling with the symptoms, you know, that's whenever it's time to really dig a little bit deeper and maybe do a functional stool test where we can look at what is your estrogen metabolism looking like? Um, what is your liver function looking like? You know, um, we could even do a dutch test. What are your hormones looking like? You know, and, and are they balanced? And really getting a more clear picture of what's going on versus guessing.
0: So a functional stool test, that sounds super fun, by the way. Yeah. But I imagine, so people send the sample to you or to a lab or whatever. Not to me. Please don't send it to me. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want poop. I watch your <laughs> poop. So they're gonna test that sample for you know, parasites and whatever's going on in there and then you can really help you identify what you need to eliminate or possibly what you need to add into your diet. Is that how that works?
1: yeah yeah i always say it's the next best thing to going with miss frizzle on the magic school bus through your digestive tract and see seeing everything so the one i use is the best test on the market and it looks really comprehensively at everything so it's looking at how well are you digesting your food you know fats proteins and carbs Um, do you have inflammation in your gut? It's testing nine different markers. So instead of just doing like a calprotectin, like a doctor might do, it's looking for everything. Um, how well, you know, how well are you, um, producing those short chain fatty acids? Do you have gut barrier dysfunction? Do you have, um you know, any pathogens or parasites or bad guys that are just bad, not even the opportunistic guys, just the bad ones that should not be there. Um, what does your microbiome look like? Is it balanced? Is it imbalanced? All of those things. And the reason it's testing for all of that versus, you know, more of a conventional doctor, um, what they test for conventional medicine, they want to diagnose and treat, right? So they want one diagnosis They're gonna test for what they think it most likely is, it's positive or it's negative, and they go from there, you know, boom, fixed. The test that I do and the work that I do, it seeks to understand. It seeks to understand how and why. And so I want to see the big picture with every single part so that then we can put it together and compare it to your history and your symptoms and really figure out what exactly is going on versus guessing or only seeing part of the situation.
0: That sounds amazing. So how does somebody reach out to you to get started on this lovely journey of healing their gut?
1: Yeah, it's awesome. It's an awesome journey. Um, People who work with me, we always work to, A, help them reduce their symptoms by 80 to 90% in a way that feels doable and sustainable in their lives. No crazy elimination diets or anything like that, Um, and B... At the end of our work together, I want my clients to feel confident in their bodies and like they're experts in their bodies, because that's the thing, right? Like if you're struggling with these symptoms, you don't know why, just like we were talking about at the beginning, you don't know why, you don't know what's triggering, you don't know what's going on. You don't know what your body needs or doesn't need and doesn't like. And so it's, yeah, helping you feel better but also giving you more information about how to care for your body so that if symptoms come back, you're at a really great starting place to know, okay, well, this has actually been really out of whack the last month. I haven't been sleeping. I've been stressed. I've been rushing through meals. I need to get that back in balance. And then in the meantime, here's a couple of short term fixes that I know work for me so I can feel better within 24 hours. So that freedom is powerful. So if that's something that you are looking for and needing help with, I'm on Instagram all the time. Come follow me. Say hi. Um, Check out my website. You can book a free call with me so we can talk more. Um, Jalen, are you going to share my links here? Do I need to spell
0: out my handle or anything? Let me type in your website in a little banner here and Mm -hmm. I can stream it or um, scroll it across the bottom. What is the name of your website? It's www.nourishthrivewellness.com. Nourishthrivewellness.com. Uh huh. Okay. We yeah. show that banner. Perfect. There you go. Yeah,
1: y'all go there. My Instagram links are on there too. So just go there, and you can click over and follow me on Instagram. You can reach out on my website, and you know we'll have a conversation and see what's going on, what we can do to help you feel better.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Katie. Before we wrap it up, I do have a series of some rapid fire questions. It's going to be super fun. I'm going to ask you a question you have to answer with just one word or one sentence. Okay. Okay. You're up for the challenge. I'm up. Let's do it. Okay. So first question is, if you could create one law in the world that everyone had to follow, what would it be? (laughs) Smile. (laughs) I love it. That is great. That is great advice. I love that. That'd be the best law ever. Can you imagine giving out tickets to people who aren't smiling? (laughs) Smiling. Maybe that's not very empathetic. Maybe maybe (laughs) if somebody's not
1: smiling, you have to ask them why and and listen to them.
0: (laughs) There you go. I love that so much. Okay. Next question. What is the best piece of advice you've ever received?
1: Hmm. The best piece of advice I've ever received, man, these are tough questions. They have some depth to it. I think the best piece of advice I've ever received is don't look at where you're at now and don't give up. Keep moving forward and trusting the process.
0: Oh, that is so good. My husband's always saying, just also remember to look how far you've come. Don't look at how much further you have to go. Great answer. Um, okay. I think this is the last question I have actually. What is the worst piece of advice you've ever received?
1: Oh man. So this one was like, you have to kind of see where I was at. I think with it too. Mindset. I was brand new to understanding what mindset even was and how it affects how we show up every day. And when I was struggling in my business, um, not getting the results I wanted, a business coach would just ask me over and over and over again, but who are you being? And I'm like, I don't know what you're asking me. <laughs> I just don't <laughs> Who are you being? So I guess that's not really advice, it's more a question, but. That was the guidance I was given.
0: and Yeah, that's just kind of weird. Who are you being? I'm like, i being myself. Who are you being? I don't know what you're asking me. <laughs> well, Katie, this has been an absolute blast. Thank you so much for being on here. Ladies, please reach out to Katie if you are having gut health issues or even if you want to learn more about like keeping your gut healthy, even if you already are healthy. So thank you again so much. It's been such a pleasure. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on.